Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We are at Connecting Vets on all four of those platforms. And if you do that, you'll be kept up to date on the latest and greatest. And you'll know when you need to go to the website to see some of the stories like one that we had last week, which actually grew out of a conversation we had right here on the morning briefing with Joe Chanelli about the VAID cards, which were recently put out. And that story, you know, a lot of people weren't aware of it. They knew that the program was coming, Joe. But then, as you said on our program last week, or was it the week before? I don't remember. It was, I think it was last week, wasn't it, when we were talking about the ID cards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, a lot of people knew that the program was coming, but boy, the VA was kind of quiet about it when it finally launched. And I think we know the reason why now, because they've had some pretty severe issues with the computer system, the infrastructure for applications. It's crashed, I believe, a couple of times now. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But as we said in the story and uh, as we as we got from uh, AMVETS, the picture that you guys had of an early mock-up of the ID card, we later got uh, from uh, a VA insider a picture of what they say is pretty close to what it's going to be. And if it's pretty close to that, then it's pretty close to the Veterans Health ID card, the old ID. They haven't changed it. It's not very original, but hey, it's it, it works. If it's the same card, it's the same card. It doesn't matter. Let's just get them out there. Of course, uh, if you look at the website and you check out the wording of it, so Joe Chanelli applied for his card last week on Thursday or Wednesday because you did it the day before you came in. Correct. You applied on Wednesday, and it says in the exact wording, you should receive it in 60 days. It doesn't say you will says you should so things like that we're following on connectingvets.com and so much more as we mentioned in our first segment and of course uh, an important day for all americans but a particularly important day also for amvets this being the 76th anniversary of the japanese surprise attack on pearl harbor we spoke to the second oldest living uh, veteran of the attack on Pearl Harbor earlier in the show matt saintsing interviewed him and you can find a story on that on connectingvets.com but AMVETS, which is, of course, American Veterans, an organization that is built on the camaraderie, the brotherhood and sisterhood of our military members. You guys have been very involved in remembering and ensuring that people remember Pearl Harbor, haven't you? Absolutely. Um, so AMVETS was founded 75 years ago um, by World War II uh, active duty and veterans at that point. And it's something that has remained a large part of our identity and our focus. And uh, we'll actually be up in Arlington Later today, delay a wreath. Um, we also, uh, several decades ago, built the memorial wall uh, that has the names of the uh, sailors who are still entombed in the USS Arizona right. in Pearl Harbor. And we replace that wall every uh, every few generations because of what the, the seawater does to, to the marble. Um, but we, we still work uh, very hard. A lot of our posts all over the country will have special ceremonies today. Yeah, remember these uh, fallen heroes. Yeah, and it really was. Some of the things that took place on that day are the definition of heroism, you know, where you've got people who risk their lives trying to save their shipmates, trying to save their fellow Marines, trying to save their ships, 
And as you said, there are thousands of sailors still, or well, over a thousand, I believe, still entombed in the Arizona. Some of the ships that went down, there were, they could hear the people inside of them pounding out, you know, SOS and letting people know that they were there in the ships. But technology of the day, then even today, if a ship goes down, even in fairly shallow water, but it's that, I mean, if you cut it open, water's going to get in there immediately. It's, it's a difficult process today. It was impossible back then, which led to something that no sailor wants to think about being trapped in a ship that has gone under and you're trapped inside of this ship. You know, you've got limited air. I, I can't even imagine what those men went through in that situation. So uh, we have an interesting story with the uh, USS Arizona, the memorial itself. Um, there was, when it first came out that they wanted to build this thing, everyone was for it, but the government said, we don't have a penny to put toward this. And so it needs to all be raised by, by private donors. And we got to the point, and AMVETS was a big part of that. We got to a point where we were about $200,000 short, which these days, you know, we could get one person to write a check for that. Uh, at that point, it was a significant amount of money that they just felt at the fundraising point, they hit a wall. Uh, so the national commander, uh, who was speaking with the U.S. president here, uh, it was Eisenhower, I believe, at the time, and uh, he said, you, you know, Mr. President, you have these sailors who are were still under there, and if you were to get them out, you'd have to pay a burial allowance for each person, then, each one of them, to uh, for a proper burial. But they're, they're buried at sea right now, so if we take that allotment instead and put it toward this memorial, we'll finish the funding, and that's... That's what they did, and that's how it, that's how it finished off. Wow, that is fascinating. Um, it's a <laughs> bit of a workaround because that's one where you don't disturb the remains of sailors that are in a ship on the bottom. But hey, you get it done how you get it done, and uh, it's important to get those things done to remember the sacrifices that were made. As Jake and I were just talking about running through the deaths by country, uh, it, it's staggering, staggering the loss of life of World War II, and consider not just the you know millions who were killed consider those who survived even more than those who were killed how life changed forever for them the things that people saw and went through that generation is called the greatest generation for a reason they went through they went through some stuff man i would use a harder harder term right there if we weren't live on air right now but we are i gotta clear my throat oh my goodness i've got this going on this morning We're with Joe Chanelli, executive director of AMVETS, and we are talking about, well, right now, the remembrance of Pearl Harbor and AMVETS' involvement in that and why it's so important to remember those sailors, Marines, and even, yes, soldiers that were involved in uh, Pearl Harbor, the defense of it, uh, the, the after effects. That's another thing when we think about Pearl Harbor, I don't think a lot of people think about the attack ends and you've got fires everywhere, you've got injured and wounded everywhere. I, just a, a horrifying situation, but showed the beginning of that American medal, which would be proved throughout World War II, that the people there you know, didn't sit there in, in shock and, and just wonder what had happened. They got to work right away, trying to save as many people as they could. Um, and you know, as again, as we talked to Jim Downing, who was on the USS West Virginia, a ship that a couple years later would be back in the fight, and that was symbolic uh, for the United States, like, hey, you guys thought you got us. Nope, we're back, and here's the West Virginia doing it. Uh, of course, we were very lucky, on a little historical side note, that the aircraft carriers were actually out to sea. There were none of them in port in Pearl Harbor at the time, um, which was a mistake, I believe, on Japanese uh, reconnaissance. They thought they were there. They weren't. They couldn't find them. Uh, so that that kind of saved us 
probably a year of battle in the Pacific theater where the Marines and Joe Chanelli knows all about this as a Marine Corps veteran. And you guys are big on your history. The Marines uh, working their way across the Pacific theater through some of the most harrowing and horrifying action of world war two. There were some strokes of luck as, as hard as it can be to think of anything occurring at Pearl Harbor being lucky. The West Virginia not going down when those two bombs ripped through the decks and didn't explode, which just one of them would have taken it down. Probably two of them. Definitely Uh, the aircraft carriers being out to sea. I mean, there's so many little things that would have uh, kind of a butterfly effect on the way that the war would unfold. But yeah, you know, if you're interested in it, Google December 7th, 1941 Pearl Harbor, the information's out there. And I feel like sometimes there are a lot of people who know of it, but don't know a lot of the details. Don't know a lot of what happened. Um, you start getting conspiracy theories on it that come out of a lack of knowledge, mixing up things. So I, I implore people as a history buff myself, check it out, learn what you can and see what's out there. Now, the AMVETS organization, of course, is focused on helping all veterans, including those who are struggling, those of us who are having a really tough time of it, those who might end up homeless. We're seeing a news story came out yesterday. We've got Politico reporting on this. The VA has cut a program for homeless vets that apparently it's a $460 million program that they said dramatically reduced homelessness among chronically sick and vulnerable veterans. Um, uh, the money, I guess, is going to now go to local VA hospitals to deal with homelessness so it's going to send the money directly to places that prove that they're dealing with a homelessness issue instead of just the 460 million overall so how are how are you guys looking at this story we actually have great news for you this morning okay Um, the va has reversed course on this oh uh the secretary uh, we reached out to the secretary and to uh to the central office last night said this is completely unacceptable um we know 138,000 veterans have come off the streets since this program started uh, a tremendous number. We have cities like new Orleans in Miami where homelessness does not exist in the veterans community uh, anymore. Um, so we know this is a very productive program. This funding is very important where it's being used. Uh, so the secretary uh, let us know uh, last night and has put out a, a release now saying that this money will not be cut. Okay. Uh, it's not going to be re- reallocated as they were, and it kind of was the buzzword they were going to use instead of cuts, but this was definitely a cut to a, an extremely successful program. Um, th- this was something I actually spoke about this uh, with you on your show uh, a few months ago. Is uh, I was just about ready to go in to uh, have breakfast with the secretary um, when I did the show, and uh, we had kind of come across a memo that had been an internal memo that outlined a whole bunch of different cuts uh, totaled. Uh, well, more than a billion dollars. And cuts to this program were on that memo. I uh, spoke with the secretary, and the secretary said the whole memo was put on hold. Um, but the bottom line is that the VA, they have a, a pretty tall task ahead of them right now. The administration has some aggressive goals for them, uh, in, including providing more choice to veterans for their health care, and, and that's very expensive. Yeah, it is. And, and so the VA is, is faced with a mandate to, to find $4 billion to, to be able to... Hey, I've been looking for $4 billion <laughs> yeah. myself. It's not easy to yeah. find. I've been checking my whole life. I haven't and, seen it. And so they came up with a, a comprehensive list of, of all these uh, different um, spendings that they already have and how they could reallocate those funds. 
and push it down to the local level, like you said. And uh, this is this just can't be one of those. And so the secretary has agreed. Um, not exactly sure uh, how it came about a, f- a few days ago uh, that this would happen. Right. Um, but it, was, it became news uh, on a phone call uh, with some advocates who speci- specialize in the homeless fight. And they were told there, and uh, HUD was also told that the VA was just cutting the funds from that program and would use them in a different way. Uh, but again, now we're, we're told the secretary has told us that that's not going to happen. So yeah, we're well very that, pleased. Still, yeah. still news. Cause it's, it's still, uh, it's concerning that it was considered by some people there and, and hopefully it's, this is a, a message heard loud and clear there. Right. And then you wonder, you know, why the decision, if the secretary is like, well, this is unacceptable. Well, wouldn't he have had to have signed off on the decision? I mean, it's, is it only unacceptable when people start raising a stink about it? I, that's, I guess that's uh, that's kind of why AMVETS needs to exist so that you guys can kind of say, hey, 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 wait a second here. In the Politico story, they did say uh, their latest update to it was that late Wednesday uh, that the secretary insisted funding was not going away. It was just being changed and then seemed to suggest that he might res- reverse the decision is what Politico said. Uh, Joe Shinelli, executive director of AMVETS, now telling us that that decision has indeed been reversed. So that is good news um i think that the again is it presentation is it how they're presenting things because i could see an argument for taking just a 465 billion or 465 million dollar program not billion that would be a bit much i think 465 million and having this large program nationwide instead allocating it to where the trouble spots are and maybe spending less money than the 465 million I could see where that could could conceivably be the be a better way forward when it comes to saving money. However, that's not how this was presented. This was just like, hey, this program's going away. That's how the media put it forward, especially. Um, there there was the allocation thing kind of buried in the story a little bit. But do you think the VA has a problem with how they're getting the word out on things? Because it seems there have been a few decisions that they've made lately where it's been like, oh, wait, 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 yeah, we said we were going to do that yesterday, but today we're not going to do that. So that's been a large problem for the VA for many years and pretty much every large federal you know, institution. Keep in mind, you know, the VA is the second largest cabinet uh, level department out right. there. And so you have a lot of moving parts and they're still still pretty new at this and a lot of people were brought in who are kind of learning on the job still and they all have great intentions uh but sometimes the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing and when the media lets us know what the right hand is doing the left hand doesn't know about it yet yeah <laughs> um it becomes an issue and you know communications has been a, a problem for a long time as well and i think that issue is kind of exasperated right now because the va is trying to move so quickly um and it's great. Yeah. We, we salute them for that because a big criticism against the VA and again, all federal government for so long has been that they move so slowly and everything is bureaucratic and wrapped in red tape. And they're really trying to cut through that red tape right, uh, right now. And so we've seen mistakes happen during that. And I think reallocating the funds here or slashing the funds would be a mistake because this is a program that's working. Um, and there's a lot of data a lot of research that's being done, and that data comes back to the national level, and they're able to make some of these decisions. Um, you, you know, when we talk about local, it, they weren't necessarily going to mandate that the funding at the local level was going to go to homelessness. If they didn't feel that was an issue in their area, then they could use that money for other things. Mm. And, and we find that concerning too. If it's not an issue 
in Indiana, for instance, then let's get that money to California right. where we have a terrible homelessness problem and a terrible mental health problem. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have almost five times um, more homeless veterans in California than any other state. Yeah, and, I mean, San Diego in particular, it's kind of a ground zero for uh, homelessness. I mean, if, if you're, if you're going to be homeless someplace, San Diego is kind of the place to do it because of weather and other things. But, you know, they, they have issues there with homelessness, and a percentage of those vet- homeless folks are going to be veterans. Um, yeah, California has an issue. I know Florida has a pretty big issue with it. Um, there, there are quite a few places that are, are dealing with these significant issues. And I think that's where this choice that has now been walked back, as we just learned from Joe Chanelli, was probably aimed at saying like, hey, if they're not having these problems in Minnesota, then why do we need this large national program? Why can't we just focus more pinpoint focus on where the issues are? And, and I think that's probably the direction that they were going. But then, you know, we also have to take into account here, Joe, that everything that happens in this city, particularly now more than ever, is going to be put into a, uh, you know, the political ringer. And everybody's going to try and figure out how they can blame the other side for it. So in that Politico story that I mentioned that came out yesterday, Senator Patty Murray, who sits on uh, a Veterans Affairs Subcommittee, and don't know which one. I don't know if you might know that, but I don't. Uh, called the VA decision a new low for the Trump administration that was especially callous and perplexing. Uh, You know, is this the Trump administration's decision? I don't particularly know, I guess. Secretary Shulkin is a Trump appointee, but, you know, everything's going to be politicized, and that's not helpful, I think, when we look at situations like this. That's a message I deliver constantly. Let's let's take the politics out of the veterans' issues. Let's stop politicizing everything. Uh, Both sides very much want the, the veteran in their corner, uh, the bottom line is veterans have to be for veterans and we just need to do what's right for veterans and not necessarily what's good or bad for any party. Right. And when we talk about an item like this, I mean, there are probably people out there, I would say at this point who think that the president probably said, Hey, I want more homeless veterans, cut that program. That didn't happen. That's not going to happen, but how things are framed, right. how they're presented. That's, that's what's going to be like in this story. Cutting the program, and then a couple paragraphs down. Well, the money is now going to go to these other places trying to pinpoint it. As you said, the program is successful, and you're glad that they've walked it back. The story as it was originally presented, though, was a little bit, uh, I won't say untruthful, but a little bit like focused on the cutting of the program and not too focused on like, well, there's a replacement and that they're trying to do. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit uh, better journalism out there these days as a journalist by trade myself. It would be nice to see. There is a good thing going on in Washington, D.C., though, and that is the VSOs, including AMVETS, keeping an eye on everything and making sure that when something like this happens, those folks in charge who it's their job to try and save some money. It's also their job to take care of veterans. They're they're between a rock and a hard place sometimes. It's important that we have groups like AMVETS there to be able to raise the raise the red flag and say, oh, slow down here. We want to take a look at this. How has the administration been in your eyes as someone who who works with this stuff there have been some decisions like this one with that program that obviously you didn't like when they were cutting it it's now been reversed how has the administration been with your organization how have they how how has the 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 back and forth been the feedback the interaction has has it been a positive relationship so far yes it's it's, they've been collaborative especially at the secretary level at the highest levels they've been very collaborative um but again, th- this this kind of situation here is 
this this is kind of an example of, of how the, the past 10 months have been where they're moving very quickly. Uh, they make some mistakes, but they they do what they need to do. They listen to the VSOs um, and they, they correct their mistakes. I have no doubt their intentions are to do what's best for veterans. Um, you know, sometimes uh, we keep continue to try to tell them if you run some of these things, you know, speak, talk with us about them. We have plenty of meetings. We're over there at the VA, uh, you know, on a consistent basis. Let us know what you're thinking about. We'll give you feedback. You then decide what you want to do with that feedback. But it seems like every time they do something where we haven't discussed it first, it becomes a an issue and it becomes a lesson learned. And a lot of this stuff is stuff that's happened in the past. So a lot of the mistakes are just history repeating themselves. And all the veterans organizations have that institutional knowledge because we've been around, like I said, AMVETS has been around for 75 years. Oh, yeah. We, we've seen it all. And I've only been at AMVETS in my position a year and a half. I've been in the veterans community for 15 years now. And we've got people who in some of the other organizations have been there for 40, 45 years. They know what's happening and they see it. And we're all more than willing to share our experiences and our insight with, with the secretary and his staff. You know, there's a lot of great stuff going on at the local level with the VSOs. I think that's where the most important work that the VSOs do is is at that local level, taking care of people in the community, uh, their fellow veterans. But at the national level, I think it's uh, it's great that we're trying to we're trying to help people learn a little bit more of what you guys are doing because I think you know they they think that national for any VSO is just like well those guys are just there to to take the glory and uh, glad hand on Capitol Hill and take dues and things like that. No, not at all. There are a lot of great, great things being done by all of the VSOs, including AMVETS. Now, before we finish, Joe, I wanted to get your opinion on something because you're a Marine and you guys do this well. My Navy, we don't do it so well. The whole slogan and advertising thing, the NDAA has, is improving manning for all branches of the service. And perhaps as uh, in anticipation of that, the Navy has changed our slogan to now forged by the sea, which yeah, caused you to cringe. It made me <laughs> laugh out loud because when you forge something, you need a hard, uh, what do you call it, that you put things into foot. Like, to, you know, when you forge something, you forge it, one, in, in heat. Heat, right. Hi, so forged by the sea, <laughs> boiling water? Is this a global warming thing that they're talking about or what is it? And also, this, you need, you need when you forge something, you need to have a shape, whereas water is shapeless, essentially. It's, I don't like it, man. Is this written by the same firm that created the Army of One? Uh, you know, it may be. We talked about that one yesterday when Jake and I were talking about that. That one, I I think is is second worst. I think aim high because how many jokes? It's not your fault you didn't hit the target on the range. They've been telling you to aim high for years now. You know that's not your thing. Hey, when you go into the head, don't aim high. Aim regular. We don't need to be cleaning up anything in there. You know, I think, the they, Marine, I think they call them restrooms in the Air Force. But oh <laughs> yes, at the dorm outer rooms. I, you know when they when they. My first duty station was Keflavik, Iceland, where you had 2,000 sailors or something like that, about 800 airmen and a couple 200 Marines or something like that. When I heard the airmen start talking about their dorm, it's like your dorm, what are you guys at a college over here? Nobody told me there was a university of Keflavik on the air station. Here's the question. Why are you guys, why are the Marines so darn good at the whole advertising thing? You guys are 
fighting dragons? I mean, that's the next question. Did you ever fight any dragons during your time in the Marine Corps? I, I think I was. I think it was too hot at oh, Paris Island when yeah. I was there, so the dragons were all sleeping. <laughs> they all come out in the winter time. Yeah, 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 yeah. What What do you think that What do you think the cause for that is? We only have a minute left, but why is the Marine Corps so much better at how they present themselves? I, I don't know, but it's been that way for generations. You're absolutely right. And, you know, the few, the proud, but you know, whether we're we're slaying people on the, the chess field or oh yeah, I remember you know, that one. Uh, and actually, you know, they've moved away from some of that, and now they have you know some of the more traditional stuff. But I think it just goes with the the culture and who they're going for. You know, yeah. They're going for people who are uh, risk takers and want to uh, be crazy. Yeah. Marine Corps wants risk takers and Navy wants heartbreakers. That's why they got me, right? Yeah, forged by the sea. I don't know about that. I know that AMVETS is forged by a love for the veteran community. They are out there working every day to make sure that our voices are heard. People want to find out more about AMVETS. Where do they go, Joe? Please check us out on all the social media platforms or AMVETS.org. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.